0: Yeah. Well, or if you want to work with teeth, you can become a forensic dentist, which uh, I have a buddy that his brother became a forensic dentist, which is, I guess, I I guess, like looking into stuff like dead people's uh, teeth. Wow. Yeah. You don't have to worry about bothering them about flossing. There's <laughs> <laughs> that, that. That's right. But really? They must have just like a canned speech where they just, they're just. Like they just must have that mem- that flossing speech that they give you mm-hmm. uh just memorized because they must give that to like every single person every single day. Probably because I don't know anybody who flosses enough. Yeah. No, I know I don't. Yeah, I, I've never met somebody who's who's just like, yeah, no, I got flossing under control. I floss every day, <laughs> like the dentist tells me. That's never, right. never met that person. Maybe someone's out there. Yeah. Listening if, right now. If you, if you floss after every meal
1: and you have at least three different flavors of floss, let us know.
0: Carol Bell at ATBanter.com. Email us immediately. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show.
0: Hey, and welcome to another episode of ET Banter. Banter, banter. Uh, my name. Is rob Minot, and uh joining me today mr ryan flurry i'm ryan flurry and uh steve barkley is out today so it's just me and ryan yep and no cowbell and no cowbell and but we should note that uh, we are not actually recording in the same room today so i don't know these sound levels might sound a little weird to our our super fans that listen every week yeah, well, once we're done recording, I'm going to play it back, and well, it is what it is. So. I, uh, yeah, I feel a little lost not being able to look <laughs> across and, and see see Ryan's beautiful face. That's right. Full of energy and... Take cues from each other. Joy. Joy. Joy at the fact that me and Steve are in his presence. Uh-huh. Okay, I may read a lot into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how is, uh, how's your weekend? What's been going on? Uh, not a lot's been going on. I had a dentist
1: appointment yesterday on well, Monday. That was uh, always lots of fun. But, oh, really? Well, yeah, just a regular cleaning. Oh, I hate those things. Yeah. You
0: know, that's, that is that That is technology that I feel like they need to, to advance. <laughs> that really hasn't changed in the past 20 years either. Oh, it's, probably longer
1: than that. They're still using stainless steel tools to chip away at your enamel, right? Uh, so, yeah, it's got to be better ways. Why can't they
0: just develop some sort of a laser. liquid or
1: something? They just soak your teeth in and it just dissolves all that mm. stuff. Or even lasers. Like, just stick a laser in my mouth. Done. Out you go. See you later. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's one job I would not want to do. Dental hygienist? Um, Yeah, I don't
0: think that'd be very (laughs) funny. No. He's good, though. Oh, probably. Hey Ryan, guess what this week was? What was this week? Uh, It was National Accessibility Week. Absolutely. Yeah, you knew that. I did indeed. I follow Twitter.
1: Uh Uh-huh. You follow Twitter. I follow Twitter. You're on the Twits. I'm on the Tweets, Yep. I see what people are posting about National Accessibility Week. I saw that you posted something earlier today as well.
0: I know. I know. It's all very exciting. Um, But speaking of which, uh, what are we doing today? Today we are talking with
1: Jenna Reed and Amanda Tolson from Envision America about the ID Mate and the Script
0: Talk prescription reader. Hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. This this product has actually been around quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, the the uh, the ID mate in particular, which is just it's a it's a barcode reader um, that that will read a barcode and then uh, use a text to speech engine to tell you what uh, what you just are holding. But it's a lot more than that. It, it, it is, and they'll they'll know. cover that, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but yeah, that's that's the basis of it. You know, this technology has been around quite a while, um, so it's going to be interesting to sort of hear how they've how they've changed that technology and how the, the product itself has changed over the years now that um, barcode reading is a lot more ubiquitous than it used to be. So
1: Yeah and if you're you know if you've tried scanning barcodes with your smartphone and you know have had limited awesome. success with that, listen throughout the show and you may be amazed at what this device can
0: do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know that for me, like I've, I've tried barcode readers on my phone before and even, even as a sighted person, uh, it can be a real pain in the ass to, to line up the barcode, um, and, and get the, the actual reader to read what it is. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't know
1: how far away you are from like, from the can. Am am I too close? Am I too far? Or if it's a bag of Doritos maybe and you're you know scanning and scanning and scanning or if the light's not very good, there's so many um, aspects to barcode scanning, especially in, in bright environments that you know your your success is going to be limited. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So
0: well, it will be interesting to talk to them. Well
1: why uh, don't but we hey, bring them before on? we do that uh, let's talk a little news. Uh, we're not gonna bring them on.
0: We're gonna bring them
1: on. okay. let's well, talk we're some news do a little bit of
0: news first.
1: <laughs> All right, let's do the news
0: the big news of course is that the federal government uh has adopted all of the amendments that the senate introduced to bill c81 which of course is the accessible canada act uh before it comes back to the house this week and they are saying that this thing could be law as soon as next month earlier in the month Uh, the, the, uh, the upper chambers committee on social affairs, science and technology, they amended the, the act to include some of the measures that, um, a lot of the disability advocacy organizations around like CNIB, like, uh, David leposky like the AODC or the, the, the AODA Alliance, um, all suggested, suggested, um, they took some of those, and they uh, amended the act, and the federal government, of course, announced that they were going to adopt all those particular amendments. Long story short, it's good news. It's it's improving the act. Um, bad news is that it, it's <laughs> not it's not doing everything that was suggested, but it's doing it's doing a few things. So let's uh, why don't we why don't we step through a couple of the uh, the things that they are doing first and then we can talk a little bit about um what they what they've left out so of course the big amendment that they've that they've agreed on is the time frame this was a big one it was you know previously they they didn't really give themselves a a goal or a deadline to when canada was going to be be a completely you know accessible country so that has now changed the new date everybody check this on your calendars 2040 is the end date for canada to become completely accessible so we got 20 years 20 years 21 years actually so there you go ryan it's exciting
1: uh it is exciting to a certain extent but keep reading
0: uh, okay, another big one was um, American Sign Language, Quebec Sign Language, and Indigenous Sign Languages have all been recognized as the primary languages for communication used by deaf people. I, I don't know wh- why this was even left out in the first place or yeah, why this makes isn't no even sense. a thing in the first place, but... yeah. Um, it, that has now been been recognized and added into the act. A lot of this other stuff was were, were smaller tweaks. They they've amended it so that they are ensuring that this bill and the regulations under it can't cut back on existing human rights of people with disabilities. So I, I know when we talked to David Lepowski, you know his his big concern was that. Sometimes you have these, these different acts and they uh, kind of step on each other's feet in terms of, you know, if you're following the, the rule of law on this one, it actually removes human rights in, in a different aspect. This is language to ensure that that might be a little bit harder to do. You know, so it's, it's again, it's, it's making sure that these things don't conflict. Uh, another one of the amendments uh, specifically is for the Canadian Transportation Agency, the CTA, um, and it is making sure that they can't reduce existing human right protections for passengers with disability when the agency handles complaints about barriers.
1: And This is gonna be a work in progress. So, you know as we've stated, this is is by no means a perfect act at this point in time. this This gets the ball rolling. And there's going to be adjustments and changes as we move forward. So you know, at least we now have something that is going to be in play that sure. people can actually report to.
0: Those are the the major amendments. Um, you know, we'll we'll share a link in the show notes uh, to the AODA Alliance uh, website. There, you know, the the information that they um, compile on their website is is pretty amazing. So if you want to read more about all these different amendments um, and, and, the language of the act and the act itself. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll share that on in the show notes and you'll be able to go see for yourself. But, uh, the, at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's good. I think that they're listening to mm-hmm. the advocacy organizations. Yep. I think that's the main thing to take away from this is that they're actually serious enough to actually take input and yeah, you know, they didn't change some of the things, um, the language that's used in the act, mm-hmm. for example, um, you know, again, when we had David on, uh, he was talking about how, you know, the language of the act is things like the government may do this instead of the government shall do this, Right. you know, and in it's it, the, the difference is the idea that s- these things are optional. Yeah. And that's, that was a bit concerning because, you know, his argument was, well, this particular government that's in power may be um, serious about accessibility, but in, you know, what happens when the next government steps in? They might not be as serious about it, and if the language of that act is wishy-washy, mm-hmm. there's going to be nothing to hold their feet to the fire for accessibility. So that's a little unfortunate. That would have been something that would that would have been nice to change, but. You know, I, you know, all we can do is, is continue to make noise and, um, and see if, if, you know, that can change. Well, let's hope
1: that as things move forward, we can learn from, you know, some of the mistakes that some of the other acts have, have incurred along the That's way, right. you know, yep. make this a but, better, uh, more accessible country.
0: But hey look, I think it was a, it was a good week last week with with this news coming, uh, I think i was I was really pleased to see it. so um, yeah, enough only we can get the CRTC
1: to get their heads out of their ass. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, pull up Slack and pull up the other article you had last week about descriptive descriptive audio. For, Do you want to talk about for that? Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute.
0: Uh, back in, geez, what was it? Um, 2015, I think it was. The CRT, CRTC announced plans that hey, they were going to uh, mandate that um, content aired during prime time, which is seven to eleven, had to have um, video description. Now what's happened is three big Canadian broadcasters, which is Bell, uh, Chorus, and Rogers, have all petitioned the CRTs to exempt them from providing uh, described video to non-Canadian programs um, received less than 72 hours prior to broadcast without described video.
1: And, And we know from talking to people from the industry who do descriptive audio that it doesn't always have to be a very long involved process you know the turnaround time yes it's going to depend on the content but you know 72 hours sounds like it's an an adequate amount of time to get an audio track in there
0: well i mean that's but that's actually what they're saying they're saying that that anything under 72 hours they want it they want exemption for Hmm. um so you know if that's 24 hours then they 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 would they would be exempt from from providing that service um you know in a way uh, like it's it's really not the end user's problem um well, in, in terms of however long that that they have to to produce this described video right um that's just too bad that's how long you have then then figure it out with the with the content provider absolutely um it's you know it's not like uh we things just aren't closed captioned because oh well you know it was too hard for us to provide closed captioning for this program like sorry like that's that's just the way it is these these standards and these mandates need to be in place and it's only four hours a day like i'm sorry i don't have a lot of uh sympathy for bell chorus or rogers in general but that's a whole different story because
1: well, that's four hours of prime time. That doesn't talk about right. the other twenty hours
0: of the day. Well, that's exactly right? it. So you know, so, it's not like the, the CRTC is mandating that they, yeah. they have to provide twenty hours of of content. Um, it's it's literally four hours and it's prime time. So all this content are all going to be big shows. Yep. Um, the, y- there's there shouldn't be any problem with this, and the fact that these guys are. Are trying to get the CRT to TC for, to, to exempt them for four Friday. years. It's
1: just a douche move. For four years, absolutely, it's, a, it's an
0: idiot. And again, exactly. And it, this has been this has been in the works for four years. Yeah, that's why I, now here we go. Here we are on the final six months before mm-hmm. the mandate takes place, which is in September 2019. And these guys are like, oh, you know what? That's going to be really hard. That's why I really think somebody who
1: is a really strong advocate or advocacy group who knows maybe some of the legal ramifications of this. I really wonder if it would be possible to form a class action lawsuit against these these entertainment companies, Bell, Chorus, Rogers, anybody else. Tell us, Amazon, you know, I get descriptive audio as as equal to the level that we have closed captioning, even Amazon Prime Video in Canada, we doesn't have descriptive audio on everything. You well, that's, know, that's Hulu. why these
0: mandates were such an important thing, because it was like we they, they gave them four years yeah. and it was it was a step towards that. It was like, OK, well, look, we're going to we're going to set this mandate up. Um, but it's only going to be four hours, and it's only during prime time. And they couldn't even um, do that. It's it was a baby step towards that, yeah. and you know the first step. And these guys are are you know mm-hmm. trying to get an exemption for it. So you know it, we'll see what happens. What the CRTC says. Um, there was a there was a petition um, for for people to uh, to sort of contact the CRTC about this um, to try to. You know, get a bit of a, a groundswell of support against the, these exemptions, um, but unfortunately, it, it's passed. It was on the 21st. But I still think so you we'll, could. I still think you could reach out to the CRTC through
1: their website and yeah, and that's make true. Your voices and you know what,
0: the, that's a good point. You know, and we will. You know what we'll do? We'll put a link to the CRTC uh, in the show notes. Um, contact them and tell 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 them about you know that you want described video. Yep. If they get exemptions, that's that's gotta be uh That's the three biggest media eighty companies to ninety in Canada. percent of all the content. Yep. Uh because they they own a lot. Yep, so absolutely. Those are the big three here in Canada. So uh and you know, if they get an exemption, then you know, who knows? Any any other of the broadcasters, why not they why not give them exemptions as well? Mm-hmm. And then we're right back to where we started. So yep. Yeah, one step forward, two steps back, my friend. I don't know so well, much for an you know, accessible can. You know, it's, it's this is where it's frustrating. It's it's like yes, we are such we are such forward thinkers. We're gonna have an accessible Canada in 2040, and you know, these three yo-yos can't even give us four hours of mm-hmm. uh, described video a day yeah. without whining. Yeah, and you know, it's
1: as as beneficial as it is to have. Uh, A a broadcaster like AMI, who's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, providing descriptive audio. It's a described audio channel. You know, I I love having that available. But at the same time, if if companies keep doing their own thing and making things accessible or offering accessible alternatives, it almost, to me, makes these other companies say, well, we don't have to do it because they're doing it. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of a catch-22 situation. It's great that we have AMI, but at the same time, we've got to keep these other companies feet to the fire. That's
0: right. Hey Steve, why don't you tell the fine folks about Canadian Assistive Technology?
2: Well, Canadian Assistive Technology is a Canadian-based distributor of, guess what, assistive technology. I would not have guessed that. Uh, really? Oh, i got to work something better into the name then. <laughs> um, and uh, we do uh, all kinds of low vision and blindness aids, as well as all kinds of physical access aids and uh, accessible furniture. You name it. Visit our website at www.canastech.com.
0: Rick, let me ask you about this. Chaos Technical Services. Chaos Technical Services. Don't sound so excited about it. (laughs) 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 Woo! (laughs) Speaking of repairs. We are the sister company to can Tech. Uh Um, We do the repairs
1: on uh, low-vision devices, uh, uh, reading machines, Uh, for libraries braille printers and pretty well anything in between we can be found at uh, www.chaostechnicalservices.com joining us now is jenna reed and amanda tolson from envision america
0: definitely want to thank you for uh taking some time out and joining us today uh why don't we start uh by giving us a little bit of a snapshot uh, of the company
3: itself.
4: Okay. So I'm Amanda Tolson. I'm the director of sales here at Envision America. And Envision America has been in business for uh, just about 22 years. The company actually started because our founder and his son were trying to find a way to help out Our founders brothers so they both had rp and the one brother had learned braille early on um but the other brother had not and as a family they used to play cards together a lot so they started kind of figuring it out that the one brother that could read braille when they were when he was dealing the cards they thought maybe he was cheating (laughs) um And then the other brother who um, had lost his vision later that had not learned braille, they still needed to find a way to include him. Um, So cards was a big part of their family get together. And our vice president, Dave Raystrick, which was the son, he wrote a little program on a computer that used barcodes. And so his uncle could put a earphone in and he hooked up a, um, Barcode scanner, and they barcoded all these cards, and he could scan these cards, and then he knew it was in his hand.
3: Right.
4: And so the brothers were able to use that. From there, it evolved because um, they're all like, this would be amazing. I mean, you could barcode so many things. Well, not only could you barcode things, but so many things already had barcodes. Right. So they were like, well, we could assign data to each one of these barcodes. And then that's where they came up with our ID mate. Which is the IDMate barcode scanner. So we are currently on our sixth generation of IDMate, which is the IDMate Galaxy.
3: Right.
4: From there, the, we work closely with the VA here in the United States, and the VA was looking for something to use in the pharmacy. They wanted to know how they could have a pharmacist delivered accessible label. And Dave Raistrick, our VP, started uh, working really hard and coming up with a solution for them. And that's how Script Talk, our talking prescription reader, came to be. Um, He utilized RFID and created a program that the pharmacist uses to program RFID labels. And then the patient would get the Script Talk in their home and voila, all of a sudden they had an accessible prescription label that they've never had before.
0: The idea of, a, of an accessible prescription label uh, is actually amazing um, because that has been an issue for many, many, many years. Um, so something like this, uh, it's invaluable.
4: Oh, absolutely! We've um, over the years we've actually increased those offerings to pharmacies. So although back in the day, it started with a talking prescription label. We've now advanced to a large print prescription label that's attached to the bottle. So no more sheets of paper sent home, you know, five sheets, five bottles, get home. Okay, try and match that up. Ha ha. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Um, And then braille labels. So clear clear adhesive braille that goes right onto the bottle over that legal label. We also have translation in 17 different languages. Um, And then recently we started offering a controlled substance safety label. So now it's um, evolved to a point where we're highlighting the warnings that are involved with any controlled substance medication so that people are really paying attention to those warnings. So we've expanded from just a talking prescription label to a multitude of different options that meet each person's needs.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I've I've heard of script talk for a number of years and we're in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And I do know that there were some pharmacies well, a number of years ago who adopted the script talk, but you just don't really hear a whole lot about it up here. So what has the kind of the attack being to get it into pharmacies and get the word out that this product actually exists?
4: Yeah. So we've kind of uh, noticed the same thing is it's been really difficult for us to spread the word in Canada. So we're so excited to be on um, the show today so that we can talk about it and hopefully widely make this information available to everybody in Canada. Um, we do know that access for Sight impaired consumers out of B.C. did an amazing job. Um, they actually were the ones that approached the pharmacies and they. Uh, told them about Script Talk and other um, accessible labeling solutions and encouraged them to make good choices so that their patients could be safe. And so really today in Canada, um, British Columbia happens to be the most saturated area with Script Talk throughout Canada.
3: Oh, okay. uh,
4: but that is starting to change. So Sobeys. Um, which is also Lawton's has recently come on board and they are making that service available throughout Canada and any province. And they're also doing it at store level. So a lot of um, the pharmacies in Canada today do more of a central fill solution. So they'll create the label at one location and send it back to your store for pickup. So you have a time delay there. Um, Lawton's, uh, happen to choose not to do that. And so they want to make it available over the counter. So I think that's something that's really exciting for you guys.
1: Yeah. And so what's the process then? Like for somebody my, like myself who's blind, would I just walk into the pharmacy and ask for the script talk?
4: Yes. We we want it to be that easy. <laughs> it's
3: supposed <laughs> to be that easy.
4: Um So here's what I want to encourage everybody to do is certainly first and foremost, go into the pharmacy, ask the pharmacy manager, not the technician or the pharmacist that you generally work with, but the pharmacy manager. Tell them your need. Tell them what you would like. They may or may not know that their company offers this service. If they don't, hopefully they're going to tell you that they're going to look into it. And in the meantime, call us at Envision America call us at 1-800-890-1180. And I'll say that again for everybody. It's 1-800-890-1180. So as your pharmacist is looking into this or your pharmacist manager, give us a call and say, hey, I did talk to my pharmacy manager. They weren't aware of it. We can then start helping you on our end. We do have... Um, contacts at a corporate level that we can get in touch with and have them reach out to your pharmacy manager and give them the information they need at their company to get you started with that service.
1: And are there any costs involved for the um, pharmacy or for the end user?
4: There is a cost for pharmacy. So pharmacies purchase uh, labels, software and hardware to provide this service. But for patients, there is no cost. So you can either download a free app on your iPhone or Android, or we at Envision America will loan you a script talk reader uh, for free. So I I like to use the word loan, but basically it's for as long as you're using it with a a pharmacy that provides script talk to you, you're going to keep it.
3: Right.
1: Do you guys have a a directory of pharmacies that have, have come on board with you?
4: Yes, we do. So on our website, um, which is www.invision that's E-N-V-I-S-I-O-N, America.com, you can go there and search by postal code and it'll bring up, uh, you can choose a five mile, 10 mile radius around you and it'll bring up the participating pharmacies in your area.
1: Excellent. Now, I have to ask, because we run into this all the time, is the app available for both iOS and Android?
4: So right now we're in beta with iOS, but um, we are currently introducing it into pharmacies. So although we're calling it beta, we could still get your pharmacy updated and you can try it start out now as a beta user. But then it'll eventually be available in the app store. Right. And Android's already available today.
0: Yay. Wow. Really, you, you developed for Android first. That is, I mean, that's, rare. that's rare. Well, that
4: actually, is rare. you know why? It's because we use RFID, which is the radio frequency identification. Mm-hmm. Right. So in Android, they came out with it first and they call it near field communication. Right. And iPhone didn't introduce that till, I believe, was it 6S? Or S-E, that one.
3: Okay. That was the
4: first time they introduced it into an iPhone. So our app is actually available for iPhone 7 or higher because of that.
0: Um, okay, cool. Well, let's uh, let's move on and talk a little bit about the ID Mate. Um, now, how long has, has the ID Mate been around?
4: So because that was our first product, we've been doing ID Mate for 22 years now. Wow. Uh, yes, I know it's been a long time. And uh, I think it's always important to say that we're on our sixth generation. Uh, so we kind of got the knack for this barcode scanner. <laughs> and we've just been trying to make it better and smaller. So when we first introduced it, it was probably the size of a bread box. And it was two separate pieces. Um, and today it's one handheld unit. It kind of reminds me of the uh, or, old cordless phones from like the 80s. Remember the size of those? So it's a little smaller than those. And it's a wand style one. But it is the most aggressive scanner that we've ever introduced. We do use a red laser scanner. So that's exactly what they're going to use in the grocery store at the checkout line. Um, And the reason we do that is because you don't have to know where the barcode is. That scanner pattern is so large that it picks it up really quick. Oh, wow. So, Yeah, it doesn't take you to kind of have an idea where it is and then take a camera and aim a camera at a barcode and wait for it to focus and then finally hit it and get some information back. Um, This really is quick. I mean, you are moving that ID mate over that product really fast and it grabs it right away. So that's the benefit. Um, I think also I always like to note that so many products nowadays – are trying to do more than one thing, right? It's kind of like the Swiss army knife of products. Everything's trying to do more than one thing. And we are not immune to that. (laughs) When we came out with the Quest, which was our fifth generation, we did introduce a camera and we did introduce other features and we relied on third parties to bring back information. And what we learned really quick was that when we didn't have control over um, the information or the products, it quickly could go bad. And then we weren't supplying the same quality product that we always have. And so when we came out with the ID Make Galaxy, those bells and whistles were gone. Um, What we did was we focused on what we were good at. We focused on making a barcode scanner. We focused on making a good one. So that's why the, the actual scanner in it is the most aggressive Um, We've really focused on the software in it. We've focused on the battery life with it. And so I can confidently say that I feel as though this is the best scanner that we've ever introduced.
5: My favorite part of it, this is Jenna chiming in, is it comes with a pack of about 100 labels, barcode labels, and you can put them on whatever you like around the house, um, dishwasher safe um, for women in particular, and some of our... um, better dressed men if you'd like to tag some of your clothes so you want to match you can do that as well but it's a lot of options a lot of things i just got back from a show this weekend where um some of our clients were talking about you know tagging their washer and their dryer and different household appliances just to kind of better identify what they're working with
0: right
1: one thing and you guys can hopefully address this being in Canada, you know, I've always found that barcode reading is really hit and miss, whether you're using an app with your smartphone or a dedicated device that strictly does barcode reading. And I don't know if it's because our our, barcode, our barcodes have bilingual information or just the libraries of information aren't included in you know, devices from other countries. Can, can you address maybe the differences in barcodes and, and being able to read them?
4: Yeah, definitely. So we're focused on UPC codes, so it's uh, the one line codes. It's not like your stand like QR codes or 2D barcodes. Some people call them. Um, Here's the biggest difference, right? The the scanner is really just a means to data. It's how do I get to data, and so. We as a company have been developing a database for over 22 years. So on board on our device, not connected to Wi-Fi, you're going to have about roughly, I think it's right over four million products on there, and we do our best to get extended data on all those. So we're not just interested in you identifying products; we're interested in you getting more information about the product. So. Obviously, there is definitely more than 4 million products in the world. So what we tried to come up with was the best way to access as much information as possible as we continue to develop this database. And what we found is connecting the user to Wi-Fi and scanning the Internet at the same time. So it happens so quick that as a user, you won't notice this, but if it's not in our database and you are connected to Wi-Fi, it's gonna go online and it's gonna search multiple data sources to try and find that barcode and bring back that data. When you're doing that, you're at about 16 million items. So here's the thing, you're still gonna come across some that aren't in the database. But what we've done with the Galaxy is we've introduced an option for you to upload that to us. So when you choose to upload that to us, it has you make a small recording trying to you know let us know what it is and of course do your best we understand that you may not always be able to identify it but we're going to get that barcode number we're going to get that clip of audio that you've sent us and then we're going to do the research and we're going to go out and get as much manufacturer information about that product that we can and we're going to add it into that database so it's a way for you to tell us hey this isn't in there i'm using this product please get it in the database and we can do that for you now where in the past we couldn't. So that's something that's really exciting about the galaxy.
1: When you guys do your scan and it brings back results, does it also include like nutritional information or is it just product identification?
4: Yeah, no, it, it brings back nutritional. So that's really our forte is we don't want to just identify what it is. We want to tell you more information. So nutritional information, cooking instructions, Um, ingredients we want to bring back all of that data pretty much if the manufacturer has printed it on that packaging we want to give you that information
0: you know it's interesting too because i mean you got this this product has been around for 22 years you said Uh, barcode reading in general um has become so much more prevalent um you know it used to be um, that you know, it was something specific to to retailers. Now it's you know we have these barcode readers um, in our hands all the time um, with with apps on smartphones and, and such. Um, has that made your the, the the product even better and and easier to develop for you guys?
4: That's such a good question, and I think a lot of people, some of our um, really loyal customers, have said, "Oh, you know, now that this is free on an iPhone, right?" Well, we know that the app's available for free on the iPhone and, and there's some other apps available um, through your smartphones. Has that changed your business for us? No, because the data that the other apps are bringing back to you, typically they're just identification. It's just going to tell you what it is. Right. Not only that, but it's relying on that camera. So somebody with no real usable vision doesn't have an idea of where the barcode is on the product is really gonna struggle using that type of product. Where with ours, because it's the red laser, they don't have to know. I mean, they can be a good distance away and just moving that that scanner all over and it's gonna grab it. And then because we're so focused on data, we really take pride in the database that we've built. And we're, you know we're always, and again, why we introduced you sharing your feedback with us that a barcode's not available is because we really want to make that available and we will do that research. And we, and we do have somebody that works on that quite regularly. Um,
5: it's updated twice a year. I
4: yes. Yeah. It's, we do update that twice a year, but you know, another good thing is when um, companies have their own branded products, right? So like I think with Walmart, what is there's great value. So, If you go into a a groceries chain like that and they have their own product, if it's not in our database and we don't have theirs, we'll reach out to that company. You know, we'll say, hey, we have this customer that's using this product. They shop with you regularly and we ask them for that data. You know, we're not sharing that data to make, um, you know to other vendor or other companies so that they can get their inside data. We're just trying to make it available to our mutual customer. And most of the time they're giving us that data. And so then we can make that available. So again, anytime you come across something that's not in there, we encourage you to reach out to us and let us know because that gives us an opportunity to get it added for you.
1: Yeah. And just going back to the barcoding and barcode reading in the red laser, you know, I don't know how many times I've taken either my Android phone or my iPhone and try to you know scan a, a soup can or any can you know try to find the barcode And my is my camera too close to the can am I too far from the can you know 10-15 minutes later I've given up and moved on right so something like this sounds like it would make it so much more efficient
4: it does it does then and, and really that's that's what sets it apart it's it's being able to get the, the barcode scanned and having the data that goes with it. So those are two really important pieces when you're trying to scan barcodes is you gotta be able to scan it and it's gotta have some data associated to it for it to mean anything. And um, so that's such a good point. And we do find that people will get excited about these free barcode scanners on their phones and they will go to use those and then quickly become frustrated and put it down.
1: Now, just to review again for a second, you said it also brings up the nutritional facts and the ingredients list. Is there a way to review that text or is it just, you know, in a say all mode where it takes a picture of it all, starts reading it from top to bottom and then you can't review it again?
3: Oh,
4: no, no, you can review it. Okay. You can pause it. You can move up and down through the data.
3: Okay.
4: So the way that our database is put together is it segments it segments that data in each individual chunk of information so you can re-listen to it Um, another really cool thing is that you can actually add a recording to it so maybe you like to cook it a little different Um, and so their instructions are great but you want to put your twist on it you can append a recording to it of your little
3: twist about that
0: and and that's the real benefit of of having developed one product for 22 years is that, like you said, it's a sixth generation, and you guys have sort of got it down to a science. Um, even right now, I'm looking at a, at a picture of, of the, uh, the galaxy right now, and even the, the, the buttons, the controls um, are, are, are very tactile. They're very, there's not many of them, so it's, it's obviously very simple to use and, and very sort of intuitive on what button does what.
4: Yes. You, so even better. So 22 years ago, when we came out with that first ID Mate, we've only added two buttons since then. So we wanted to make sure that individuals who owned earlier editions of the ID Mate did not have a huge learning curve moving up to the new one. And so we, it was very important to us to keep it as close as possible to the one prior with those buttons and what they do and what they're for. And again, tactile is very important to us. We want them raised. We want people to be able to find them. There are different shapes. I don't know if you can tell by the picture you're looking at, but they're different shapes. Yeah, so, and then there's an up and down arrow. Those arrows are called next and previous. That's what's gonna move you up and down through that data you wanna hear.
0: Um, So talk to us a little bit about barcode technology in general and, and how, if, if has that really changed over the 22 years? And if it, if it has, how are you guys able to sort of take advantage of, of that?
4: Okay. So I'm going to try not to butcher this too bad.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, okay. UPC codes um, are standardized and purchased by companies. So um, there's a, and I forgive me because I don't remember the name of it, but they sell a series of barcode numbers to a company and that company assigns it to a product. And the reason it's standardized is so that company a and company B don't use the same barcode number for a different product. Right. So it's universally used. So in that aspect, no, it hasn't changed. Um, We've, act, we've been able to keep up with the way we've kind of always done it. And these barcodes that have been purchased and assigned to a specific brand and then to their specific product. So maybe the product changes, but because we update twice a year, we're getting that data, especially on name brand products. So some of our data we have to buy Some of our data is given to us by companies. Some of our data we have to harvest off of websites. Some of our data is from users that send us information and say, hey, this isn't in the database, and we go do the research on it. Um, So we're getting our data from a lot of different places. So we do have uh, individuals dedicated to data. To me, that would be the boring part of this
3: job. But (laughs)
4: they're constantly... Looking at data and pulling data and putting it together and making it usable for users with ID Mate. So it, over the years, um, have barcodes changed? UPC barcodes, that is. No, they haven't. Um, if you start talking about 2D barcodes or um, what else? Oh, wow. QR, QR codes. codes that's yeah. Those kind of barcodes. Yes. I mean, that has changed over the years and just is amazing and and what companies are doing with those. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is just your standard UPC code. So it's not really been affected by those changes.
0: So it's, you know, in a way it's a little bit, a little bit frustrating from an accessibility uh, standpoint, um, in the sense that, you know, when they started doing all this, um, they should have just been keeping some sort of a universal database for everything. Everybody should have, there should have been like a sort of an accessibility standard um, for all this stuff so that there would just be one giant database that everybody sort of opted into um, to get their, their data in there instead of, instead of you guys having to sort of mine um, all this information from all these different um, sources
4: I love that idea.
0: <laughs> that would have been
4: great, right? Had they that
0: thought of that, that would have been
4: fabulous. Yeah.
0: But I mean, but, but I guess I guess technology in general though has improved to the point of where the design of the unit, um, you guys were able to sort of make it smaller. I guess that's probably the the biggest change that's happened over the years, is it not?
4: Yes. Yep, absolutely. So that size and then the speed at which it comes back with information. Um, the capability to connect to Wi-Fi. We do have a price check mode on it. Um, I didn't talk to you about that yet. Yeah, so it's a feature. Um, It'll go online and it'll look at Amazon, Walmart.com, and Jet.com, I believe, and it'll bring back those three prices if it's out there. And it'll tell you what those prices are online. Now, for Amazon, it gives you the landing price, which would be what it is with shipping. So. Yeah, that's really cool. It's a different mode outside of your just regular barcode scanning mode because we're using third parties to grab data. So we can't promise that it's always going to be perfect. It's up to Amazon, Walmart, and Jet to keep their data information current. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did make it a separate mode uh, because it's not always going to be accurate, but for the most part, it is. Um, You're not going to find too big a difference.
0: So now if I'm under also understanding this correctly, uh, it actually has an MP3 player built into it. Is that
3: right?
4: It does. Yes, it does have that. So I, because there's an eight gigabyte, um, micro SD card that's in the device, that's actually where that database is stored. Right. Uh, We had the capability to add like an MP3 player. The speaker on it isn't, um, you know, amazing. You're not going to replace your iPhone with an iDMA Galaxy by any means. <laughs> but just say, um, you know, any type of audio file that you would need um, while you're outside of the home can be available to you. We see that a lot with individuals who have businesses, um, particularly those that are in like a vending business. Right. If they need some audio files about their certain products or about a specific machine that they're Um, preparing to load then they can quickly access that with that mp3 mode so that's really a great tool for somebody who is stocking any type of um, business environment or um, like i said in the vending vending machine business you know it, it really comes in handy with that there's also an inventory mode so it is available to anybody. So you could certainly inventory your entire house and be completely organized or not, like most, like most of us or not. Yep. <laughs> or if you're using it in an office or, or business environment and you need to keep inventory of products, you can do it with us. The file is easily exported and imported. So you actually don't have to go through and scan everything the first time around. You can import files onto it so you know the starting balance of your inventory right. and then you can update it as you're going through your day and then export at the end of the day.
0: Now, how about, what about the text-to-speech engine that it uses? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that that probably has really improved uh, over the years as well.
4: Yeah, so it's nuance, I think. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking me all the hard questions. No. Uh, it should be nuance, I believe. And yes, the voice is much
3: yeah. better. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, back in the day, to me, it sounded very robotic. Right. Um, some of the old text-to-speech ones that we had, but yeah, this version's way better. The the voice is is much better. You can understand it more easily. It sounds more human than robotic.
1: And what's the battery life on the unit?
4: Um. So continuous use eight hours straight so it's a lithium ion yeah i think that's what they are so yeah so they're rechargeable um and eight hours continuous use so that's like non-stop scanning and even in a business environment we don't see people doing that
1: right is the battery like if the battery dies does the unit have to go back to you guys to be replaced or can it be user replaced
4: um it does have to come back to us okay so we would have to replace that battery. It's enclosed. Right. Okay. So it can't be replaced by a user.
1: So next question is when is the app coming to the smartphone?
4: <laughs> for ID Mate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Believe me, everybody asks
0: that question. It's going to be different, Ryan. I wasn't going to ask. but I'm going to... All right, go ahead.
4: I know. No, it's okay. Cause I have a perfect answer for you. Um, we tried it. Right? We get it. We know people want this on their phone. Um, but we come back to the issue of using a camera yeah. to scan a barcode. So, yes, we could make a database available, but we couldn't give you quality. Right. You'd still end up with the same frustration. Right. So then we thought of one better. We said, oh, okay, well, what if we do a Bluetooth scanner that connects to your iPhone that can access the database to make it even better? Right? right? So right now, technology just isn't there. We've tested a lot of Bluetooth scanners to try and make that available. Um, You know, our research and development team has spent time on that. And the bottom line is we would end up putting an inferior product out on the market. So you'd have everybody with an expectation of getting the same scanner we have today, and then they would end up with something that's not as good. And we felt as though it just wasn't time. Right. So we're still waiting for technology to catch up with us. Hopefully, we're going to see a red laser scanner that's Bluetooth capable.
0: Hmm. Talk to us a little bit about um, the advocacy work that uh, you guys do as a company and, and how that that sort of plays into your company
4: really a lot of our advocacy stuff is done on the script talk side and making accessible prescriptions available to individuals because that's a free service that is available to the user. um, It's important to get that information out there. We work with lots of different agencies um, in Canada, CNIB um, access for site impaired consumers. Those are two really big ones Um, where they're, you know, we're providing them with, all the information they need to share with customers and of course encouraging them to call us for any support that these services are available. Um, I I don't know what it is. It's just even here in the States, right? It's difficult to get to the individuals that are shut in, right? Mm -hmm. So the individuals that we really get to through CNIB or access for Sight sight impaired consumers, American Council of the Blind, National Federation of Blind those consumers are engaged. So they're getting this information. And the trickiest thing is how do we get this information to the individuals who are not engaged in these communities? Um, And I think it's something that all organizations struggle with, including ours, and you guys probably find that you do too. It's how do you touch base with somebody who's newly blind, that, that knows nothing about this, Um, we've now started reaching out to different doctor's offices to try and get them to spread this information to any of their patients that are newly, uh, you know, newly have lost their vision or, um, you know, with, with diagnoses that, that this is going to happen eventually and and preparing individuals for all this different technology and access. So those are a lot of things that, you know, we do, we, we loan devices to uh, agencies and advocates. We provide them with brochures, t shirts, banners, you know, whatever they need to help spread the word to individuals that these services are available to them at no cost.
5: Right. It still largely boils down to word of mouth.
3: So yeah. That's
5: why, at our level, we're very big advocates, and then a lot of grassroots advocates advocacy is going on out there, which we're very appreciative of because at the end of the day, we're offering, you know, a valuable service, you know, medication, dosage, you know, doctor's office. I talked to a gentleman and I love talking to our customers. One gentleman told me, and sadly, this was not that long ago, maybe several months ago, that he would put his pill bottles. He had one of those toolboxes out in his garage. And he would put his pill bottles in different drawers. And that's how he memorized and how he knew what pill to take when. He had to memorize it all. So, I mean, the people there turned on to this product and the service are huge advocates. And they go out themselves and try to spread it in their communities. So it's just a matter of getting the right information in the right hands.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, Ryan and I both work for for an assistive technology company. You know, in our day job, and uh, that is one of the really big challenges is um, just getting people aware of what technology is out there um, is a challenge. Just you know, finding that there 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 just isn't one good channel to to sort of capture that will allow people to to hear about. All this technology that can that can make such a, a huge impact in their lives, if they just knew about it.
4: Yeah, I think all agencies struggle with that same fact. You know, it's how do we successfully engage with the population of individuals who have newly become blind um, and that are not already a part of. Um, the world of assistive technology and getting that information out there. Whoever comes up with it, though, is the big winner, winner, chicken dinner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll have to start working on that. We
5: largely do um, leverage social media. We find a lot of our clients are um, Twitter is a big one. Facebook is a big one. So we've been growing our presence across those channels as well. So you can look us up under Vision America, Scriptability, ID mate scanner, and then on Twitter, we're under Envision America. So we like to reach out to a lot of people that way too. And it's not just product information. Um, a lot of it is just sharing news stories that affect our community.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think really, again, the most important thing here is that we get the information out to the uh, Canadian population that these services are available to them, especially because a lot of them are newer. And um, it's now becoming more widely available throughout Canada, and that's huge for uh, the Canadian residents and what's what's coming available to them.
0: Well, excellent. Well, that's a great segue. Then you give give all the plugs one more time uh, before we let you go, and, and so that uh, you know our three listeners can, uh, <laughs> can
3: do what all they think. Right.
0: No, I'm just kidding. We have five. Um, <laughs> I'll add <have> six. <laughs>
4: Okay, so um, you can always contact Envision America at 1 800 890 1180. And I'll say that again it's 1 800 890 1180. And don't be afraid to call us. We have an amazing customer service team that are ready to help you and answer any questions that you have and to educate you about what services are available in your area, what pharmacies you can get those from, and we can even help get your pharmacy going with Script Talk.
0: Excellent. Well, listen, guys. Uh, thanks so much for uh, for phoning in and uh, and talking to us. It's so valuable to have these prescription labels that uh, the people so aren't people aren't throwing them in drawers to try to remember which one is which.
4: I've had somebody lick their pills to oh try and taste. them. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, you know, that's
1: one of the things with the, the blind and partially sighted community is that everybody's got their own way of labeling things. Right. So I'm sure you've heard the whole gamut of stories and something like this really allows us to live our lives more independently and safely. So
5: thank you, guys. Great. Thank All
1: right.
0: You. Thanks, guys. You guys take care.
5: Thanks. You too. All
0: right. Bye bye. Bye. Very cool. Um learned well, again today it's... about barcodes that I did not know about.
1: Well, and again, it's one of these products that I heard about even back at the you know previous company days, and yep. you know yeah. in Vancouver, I know that there's some pharmacies that you know got on board with it, but it's such, it's such a perfect product for our population of seniors or, or people that are becoming, you know, at that stage in life where they need a little bit more help and need a, need some more independence, and a product like this
0: would give them that. Well, the big thing about this is that you don't you don't have to fumble around for the for the barcode Mm -hmm. Um, you know again it's one of these it's one of these ridiculous accessibility issues um if you think about it if you think about barcodes they've been they've been existence forever and there should be just a universal standard for using that we could have been using these for accessibility for years and years but the trouble is there is no standard. You know, every different manufacturer does it a little differently. So there's no universal database. But not only that, if you think about if even if they made those, those um, barcode labels raised or something on the actual label or there was some sort of tactile aspect to it, um, there wouldn't be this confusion about where it is and how to take a picture of it for somebody who's visually impaired. So... Um, you know, it's low cost solutions, but unfortunately, unless everybody does it, it really doesn't, doesn't do you much good.
1: Yeah. And, you know, again, going back to, you know, the barcode reading, you know, having a product like this, if it's that accurate and that quick, you know, you are going to know that you've opened a can of tomato soup and not a can of dog food. Right. So oh, yeah.
0: And then the nice thing about this is that again, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about getting that, that Barking right up in front and, of the camera and getting a clear picture of it. Yeah. In order for it to work, like you would a free app on, on a smartphone. So this thing, I guess, you just blast it and.
1: Yep. Yeah. And same it. with so. And same with the script talk. You know, being able to you know take your pills independently and safely, and you know, because there's some that say you know don't take don't take with alcohol, don't mix with caffeine, may cause drowsiness, all the side effects that you hear about nowadays. That yeah, cannot be. Is, that cannot be listed, right? So.
0: Yeah, that's the real big component of this is that that's that's something that should have been just around years ago because the technology is all there, technology is all in place for it, but it's just you know getting everybody on board. This is this is a service that every single. Um, pharmacy should be offering every single yep. one. Um, you know let alone at least the big ones
1: well and even all the advocacy groups like the NFBs the AFBs the CNIBs CCBs they should all be promoting on their websites this is something yeah. people need to know about and be educated about there's no yeah, and reason ask for it
0: because they, at the end of the day that's that's what uh, companies stand up and take notice if they have a lot of people asking for this service yeah. they're going to look into it so yeah. uh, you know Encourage everybody to uh, to give Envision a call or to uh, ask for script talk at one of their local pharmacies and let's get this moving. Woo! Wow, man, look at us. All this advocacy is making me hungry. <laughs> We're not done. <laughs> I know. Uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. Uh, where can people find us? They can find us online at atbanter.com. They can also drop us a line At cowbell (laughs) (laughs) at atbanter.com. Yeah, I guess you're not anywhere close to that. No, I'm in your seat today, so I'd have to cross the room. This is a screwy, (laughs) screwy session. Uh, All right. Uh, Then, uh, oh, they can also find us uh, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Are you doing anything with Instagram still? Yes, I am, sir. Glad to hear it doing plenty awesome jenny is a star on oscar. <laughs> <laughs> you heard grumpy cat passed away eh? yeah i did yeah. that was a bummer mm-hmm. first oscar the blind cat and now grumpy cat it's, yeah they they did get another blind cat
1: yeah i think klaus no 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 klaus was the was the uh all right that was oscar's replacement no 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 that was replacement, oscar's, but, but like buddy
0: right yeah no i think i think they have a new cat called i think his name is milo oh okay uh, if I'm not mistaken, I could okay. be mistaken about that, but yeah. so they, they did, they did uh, find another blind cat. So, nice. I guess that's gonna about do it for this week. Uh, thanks everybody for listening in, and we will see everybody
2: next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at one 795 8324 For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the on.
0: one take.